Our gospel lesson, which will be our sermon text today, comes from Mark's gospel, chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. And let me just remind you, this is God's word to us. It's given to us because he loves us. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed. So that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the gospel of our Lord. So we're in the season of Epiphany, uh, this season in between the end of the Christmas season and beginning of Lent in a couple of weeks, as James just said, which will begin on Ash Wednesday, uh, just a little bit from now. And Epiphany is the season in the church year where we reflect on and celebrate the manifestation of Jesus as the King who makes manifest the glory of God chiefly and God's love that he has for all mankind. And with that manifestation of that glory to us as his beloved sons and daughters of God comes this call to follow our King Jesus in that same mission. That it's not about simply being illuminated, you know, having an epiphany moment and, you know, the light bulb going off in our minds. So it's not just about being illuminated as to the glory of God, but actually becoming lights ourselves who reflect, who manifest God's glory and God's love to each other and to our neighbors. And so with that in mind, let me pray for us and then let's look again at our gospel text today. So Heavenly Father, we do ask that you would bless the reading and the preaching of your word, that you would speak to us and we could hear you because... Yours is the voice that we need to hear above all others, the voice of love. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to thank you for being here today. And I truly mean it. Thank you for being here today. It was lousy weather this morning, um, you know, raining and cold and, and not very pleasant. I don't know if the sun ever going to shine again. I know it will, but it feels like at this time of year that we don't ever see it very much. And um, yeah, so thank you for being here. I didn't want to be here today. I'm just going to be honest with you. I woke up in a bad mood. Um, my porch, my front patio now floods whenever it rains remotely hard uh, to the point that you have to go out there and push the water off of it or else it's going to start coming in our front door. And I was like, I need my, my rain boots. And you may be like, well, why don't you get that fixed, Brian? Well, I don't get it fixed because I'd have to ask my landlord to fix it. And I think we have this unspoken agreement that if I don't contact him for anything ever, he won't raise my rent. 
So I don't call him. I go out there and I push the water off. And I was looking for my rain boots. And I was like, where are my rain boots so that my shoes don't get wet, my feet don't get wet? And I went, ah, they're at the church because it floods at the church. And I need to get, I need them there. You know, so I got flooding at home. I got flooding here. And anyway, so I was in a bad mood and I didn't want to come today. So thank you that you came and are here today. You know, some of you were up late last night, so you got here sleepily. You know, but you came anyway. Some of you got a great night's sleep and you woke up early and you're bright eyed and bushy tailed. Although your eyelids may be starting to get very heavy right about now, right? Some of you had a busy, hard week at work or at home or at school or all of the above. And you came here this morning with heavy burdens, weary, and need of rest. So if you need a nap now, feel free. You have my permission. I fully trust that God invites us, all who are weary and heavy laden, because he will give us rest. And if what you need right now is a nap, then I trust that that's what you needed right now was some rest. So some of you have been up early wrangling small children and yourselves to get them all out the door and get them here in somewhat decent shape, including your spouse. You know how the joke goes. People ask me how many kids you have. I say three, but my wife, Jessie, has four. Some of you came here cranky, irritable, bored. Others of you are eager, peaceful, content. Whatever the case, instead of staying home and having a coffee and eating a bagel and reading the paper and watching, well, I don't even know what you watch on Sunday mornings anymore. I haven't watched Sunday morning program in decades, but I, NFL countdown, getting, you, getting ready for the AFC and NFC championships or meet the press, is that still even a thing? I don't even know. But regardless, you didn't stay home and watch those shows and relax. You came here, so thank you for being here. On a Sabbath day 2,000 years ago, men and women, boys and girls, old and young, they got up and they went to worship at a synagogue, much like you did today. And they came with the same various moods and dispositions, the same Reasons for not staying home in bed or doing something else. And for many, like you, like me, like us, they did it because it was the same pious habit that they had. But that's just what you do. You go to church. It's your duty. And they went through the motions, the prayers, the Psalms, the reading of the Torah and the prophets, and then they were sent home to lunch, same as you expect, the same things to happen here every single Sunday. But something different happened on this particular Sabbath day. Something different happened that day during worship in Capernaum. A guy named Jesus of, from Nazareth in Galilee showed up and he was the guest preacher that day. Now, we've already seen in the previous few weeks of Epiphany that after Jesus was baptized, he was declared by God to be, to be the beloved Son of God in whom God is well pleased. And Jesus began his public ministry by proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. It's now. It's near. Repent and believe the good news. And he called his disciples to leave what they were doing and to follow him. And then he shows up to church one Sunday, and then listen again what it says, and, that, and, he, and he speaks, and it says, they, the people who were at the synagogue that day, were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. 
Well, the folks at synagogue that day did not nod off during the sermon. The teenagers at synagogue that day couldn't help but not be bored and actually pay attention to what this guy was saying. They perked up and they listened because this wasn't like their usual scribes, these learned men who referenced the prophets before them like Moses and all the books and teachings of their rabbis put down by other men. You see, their scribes appealed to someone else's authority. This man spoke with his own authority. And it astonished them. Not just that he was well-spoken or he had commanding illustrations or a charismatic style or didn't need to look at his sermon notes constantly like this. It was the intimacy of how he knew God that got their attention. This isn't someone who knows about God. This is someone who speaks as though he knows God personally, intimately. And that got their attention. Jesus didn't appeal to someone else's authority. He said things like, well, you've heard it said before, but now I say to you. And this was astonishing, the boldness of it, the audacity. But they knew he had it. This is him. He's him. They knew that he could back up these things that he was saying. But then another thing happened in worship that day that didn't normally happen. There's this shriek from the back of the room, and a demon-possessed man interrupts what Jesus is teaching, and he cries out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, many of you have been in worship services before where some, something unexpected interrupts what's going on. Maybe. I'm sure, surely you have. Well, those of us at Sheepshead Bay definitely have. At Resurrection Sheepshead Bay one time on a Sunday, we met in the Sheepshead Bay Yacht Club, which is, I like to say, you've heard me say before, the only church I ever have known where you could be poolside, dockside, and barside as soon as the service was over. One day, right in the middle of worship, all of a sudden music came on the house speakers. No New Year's Day to celebrate, I just call. It's just like Stevie Wonder's playing. What, what in the world? The jukebox just went off, just started playing right in the middle of the service. And we scramble, you know, and I'm trying to figure out how to turn it off or whatever and get it off and, and proceed a few minutes later. I just called. It just kicks back in again. And it's like, what is happening? I guess God is trying to send us a message today. You need to call someone and tell them that you love them. Obviously, clearly that's what's going on. And maybe you've had interruptions similar. Maybe you've had interruptions to a worship service similar to this demon-possessed man. I know I've definitely been in worship services where some strange folks have wandered in and you kind of wonder what's going on there, but you probably have never seen someone command a demon to be silent and to come out of a person. I'm just going to guess you've never seen that, like Jesus did on this day. So Jesus displays that his authority isn't merely intellectual or academic. He has authority to command seen and unseen spiritual forces. Now the people are really amazed. Who is this guy? The way this guy can talk about God like he knows him personally. 
And he can even command demonic forces and they obey him. This is the best Sabbath ever. If only going to church on Sunday was always like this. So yeah, unlike any previous day at the synagogue, that that Sabbath day, Jesus showed up and he made himself known. He manifested the glory of God and the kingdom that is here now and that is to come. So let me ask you, when was the last time you were truly amazed, just astonished, blown away by what you heard or saw? Maybe it was a movie, maybe it was a play, maybe it was a music performance, a book, a good meal. And what happens whenever you experience these things? What do you do when you find something that truly astonishes or amazes you? Well, you can't help but tell somebody else about it. Hey, I just had dinner at this new restaurant. It is insane. You must get a reservation and you must go, right? These are the things that we do. Well, I had something like this happen to me recently, and I'm going to not do to you what some of you did to me in this particular moment. Let me ask you, show of hands, who went and saw the show in and of itself by Derek Delgadio when it was live, not on TV, when it was live? Show of hands. There's one. Okay. This, this just got better. I was hoping more people would raise their hands, Jameson, but yeah, you're busted. So I watched this last night on Hulu, which I now recommend to all of you. If, if you don't have Hulu, steal it and watch this. Derek Delgadio, in and of itself. And I got done watching this, and I was like, how in the world do I know someone who's a deep, close, personal friend of mine who went and saw this live twice when it was in New York City. It ran for 552 consecutive shows and never told me about it. Never said, Brian, I saw something amazing. You get a ticket, go see this. It's incredible. So shame on that person. I'm not going to do to you what he did to me. Go watch it. Find it. It, it, It's astonishing. It's amazing. But this is what we do. We see something astonishing and amazing, and we can't help ourselves. we got to tell someone else about it to go and enjoy it for themselves. Let me say this. You come here every single Sunday, every single Sunday, you encounter Jesus. Why does it not amaze you? Why does it not astonish you? Because no matter how you feel about it, Jesus shows up here every Sunday. His presence is here every single Sunday. In the songs, in the prayers, in the scripture, in the bread and the wine at this supper, in the faces that you see around you, in the handshakes, in the hugs, in the kisses on the cheek, every Sunday in worship, he is, he is here in all of those things. So why does it not astonish you? Eh, well, Brian, the music is good, but it's not that good. Eh, the preaching is not awful. It's just meh. The bagels are okay. I like those. But it's not amazing. 
But would more razzle-dazzle really convince you that Jesus was present here? Would it truly amaze you such that you went home convinced that you saw Jesus manifested any more than he already is every single week? Besides, if more razzle-dazzle in your service is your cup of tea, well, there are plenty of churches in Brooklyn who have way more charisma than, than we have necessarily that we could all be going over there. So I don't think that's it. I don't think that's the answer. Sure, the people who went to synagogue that day 2,000 years ago, they got a real treat. But not even better preaching and an exorcism in worship every once in a while is what's going to do the trick. Though maybe some parents would appreciate an exorcism every once in a while. I don't think that's it. I think instead what it is is that we need the Holy Spirit to give us eyes to see. We need the Holy Spirit to give us ears to hear and hearts to understand that Jesus' presence is made manifest here every single week when we come together in gathered worship. By His Holy Spirit, the authority and power of His voice is active through His Word. His power to destroy the sin and the darkness that keeps us in bondage, it's here every single week in Word and in sacrament. The authority and the power to wake us up from our sleepiness and our distractions and our complacency and our stress. It's here every Sunday to speak with authority over us and say, I am the King made manifest who has come to forgive you of your sin and to make you and to convince you and to assure you and strengthen you that you are beloved sons and daughters of the king. We need the eyes and the ears and the hearts to expect it every single week. No matter how we may feel about it, no matter how difficult it is to keep prioritizing being here every single Sunday, week after week after week. And maybe if we expect it, or at least if we start to pray for it, And ask God to help us to know that he is present. We'll start to be amazed that he shows up. And maybe if it amazes us enough, we'll go and tell someone else. Come. See something amazing. See something astonishing. Come and see for yourself. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.
Thank you.